Welcome to Fem Lead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. This show aims to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to navigate your career plans. Fem Lead brings inspiring career perspectives and strategies to guide your path to success. Your host, Alexandra, will interview role models on new exciting topics with each episode. If you like what you hear, give us a review and subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new season of FemLead. This is season three. And uh, while this will not be um, the video that you will see in our recording with Jan, uh, our next guest, um, this is a special video to share some news that we've received in the meantime. So um, I'm very, very, very happy and honestly honored to share that FemLead has been uh, named the finalist in top five initiatives of the year by the Nordic Women in Tech Awards, which means that uh, we are now competing for the final prize of being called the initiative of the year in, in the Nordics. Um, this is obviously a great honor and I just wanted to make this short video and say thank you to all of you listening. Thank you for spending time uh, listening to our interviews and hopefully using the advice that we are sharing from our guests um, to really better your life, not only professionally, but also personally. Thank you for following us on social media. We share a lot of posts uh, on Instagram. We share a lot of news and posts on LinkedIn. And of course, you can check our uh, website, familypodcast.com, where you can hear more about our upcoming events. This nomination and now the um, news that we are a finalist top five um, at such a prestigious uh, award show really proves that um, this project is needed and is welcome in the Nordic community. And I know some of you listen from outside the Nordic countries, and I'm very grateful for that. Really um, follow us. And if you haven't yet, subscribe on Spotify, uh, download us on iTunes, um, check our website because we are coming up with some very, very cool ideas for the future. We will organize events in, in the future. And I would really like you to uh, be part of the journey as we as we expand them lead to new concepts. Um, we're launching newsletters. So check out our, um, our, our website for more. And again, just thank you for, for having us um, in your lives, listening to this podcast. It's really an honor to be nominated and now to, to make the top five. Um, let's hope we win, and uh, I'll I'll share the news about the other updates on this topic on our website. So check us out. Thank you all very much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Fem Lead. We are at season three, and that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sticking with us and joining us every second week for new episodes. We're back. And uh, we started uh, this season with some very, very, very interesting topics. So I hope you will all tune in for, the, for this one and the following topics. Today, we're going to talk about how to build confidence. What a topic. I know. Uh, I know some of you have waited for this for a while. And here we are in season three. We will have incredible guests. And today, we will talk about confidence with a special guest. Yan Fan, she's the co-founder and CTO of Code Chrysalis, a coding bootcamp in Tokyo. She started Code Chrysalis because she was brimming with ideas on how to best teach programming and develop top software engineers' talent in Japan. Code Chrysalis not only helps individuals change their career through 
the program, but also works with large enterprises to re-engineer their teams. With Code Chrysalis, Jan is changing the way Asia trains software engineers. Code Chrysalis is Jan's second coding bootcamp. She also co-founded and served as CTO of her first coding school in Jordan, helping refugees in 2016. She focused on training and finding jobs for refugees displaced from the nearby conflict regions. Wow, 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 wow. Jan, welcome. It's such a pleasure to converse with you. Thank you for joining family today. Thank you so much for having me. If you look online, you will see many interviews with Jan about tech ecos- the tech ecosystem in Japan, the need for more talent, how diversity is crucial for any company and their development. But today we will not touch necessarily on Jan's tech career, but on her confidence to become a founder and how she thinks confidence can be fostered in women. So Jan, I'm very happy that you want to discuss this topic. Actually, when we connected first, um, we, were, we were thinking about what's the best topic that uh, would both help the family community, but also it's something that Jan really wanted to touch upon and maybe haven't yet specifically on an interview. And then, um, Jan, if you've mentioned to me, um, if I'm correct, that you are told in Japan that you seem very confident and that maybe your confidence is something that's not very usual. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I never really noticed it until I came to Japan. And this was something that was brought to my attention. Um, so I started really thinking about like, oh yeah, I think I, I do think a little, maybe I do, I do react differently and why might that be the case for different situations? So I started really thinking about it and, um, sort of looked into my, my life and what's happened and, and how, how maybe I've, I am the way I am. That's absolutely interesting. And I think that um, it's also something that I thought about, you know, bringing to this community and to people that find out about the podcast every day, um, topics that would really make a difference in the way that they see their life and career. Because it's not just about how to become a software engineer, uh, specifically, you know, what course to follow and so on. It's also about what's the mindset to follow along? What is the way to see your life so that it, it doesn't become more or less a robotic path where you know every two years you need to change your job, but it's more like what fulfills you and how can you how can you be happy with the environment that you have? And having confidence is something that you and I both know that some women just don't have confidence to ask for a raise, confidence to go for the job they want, confidence to start the business. And I wanna ask you first, how did you decide to start not one, but two coding schools in the last few years? Uh, well, I, I think it, it, I was really interested in just starting a company. And that's actually why I switched into software engineering. I saw it as a really good skill to have if I ever wanted to go and be an entrepreneur. Um, and it just turned out that I really fell in love with the idea of coding boot camps and um, also just alternative education. Um, because I think in growing up, it was always like, okay, you go to college, like this is the traditional path to getting a job that you want and finding a career. And I did that. And the career that I landed on was something that I was completely not interested in. Right. And I think a lot of people are in that um, are find themselves in that situation where it's like, okay, I've spent the past four, five, six years, you know, training for this, whether it's university or whatever, only to find out that 
this career isn't right for me. Right. And, and for me, that was finance. Like I made the decision, like, I'm going to go into finance when I was 18. Right. I didn't know anything. And then when I st- actually started working and, you know, ex- and, and actually, yeah, working in finance, I realized like, this is actually terrible. I had no idea what I wanted at the age of 18. <laughs> That's a very important point that you made there. Uh, and that is the need to decide your career path when you're very young and out of mm. high school, usually. And yeah. the fact that you also sit on an advisory board where you help uh, young girls, uh, teenagers to understand that, uh, you know, a career can mean many things and uh, knowing how to code can really help you, you know, to just have m- more options. It's really something that I think resonates uh, now with uh, what you just said in the topic of of building confidence, knowing that you have more options of of what to pursue. And um, what do you think it's confidence? And what do you think about, you know, having this decision making so early on in your life? Do you think you you would have done something differently looking back, uh, considering, uh, you know, decisions? Yeah, I, I actually am not sure. I mean, I think if I had made a switch into, if I decided to do tech very early on, I mean, maybe I would have experienced some really great things. But also, I feel like my the mistakes that I made um, were really important to figuring out exactly what I needed, right? And so, if I had actually done the traditional route but chosen the right thing, like chosen tech, for instance, I would have never, I think, imagined, um, or I would have never discovered the idea of of coding boot camps. Right. And it was only because I was making a career change that I came across this concept and uh, sort of opened my eyes to, you know, there is a way to change your career, change your life in a significant way without doing the four year university thing. Um, and so that's that's how I kind of stumbled onto boot camps and started them. Um, in terms of confidence, I don't I feel like. I never really identified it as confidence until maybe I found uh, I started I started companies. I think like the process of trying to start and I failed many times, but trying to start companies, I think each time I did it, it gave me more and more confidence in my abilities. Mm, that's a that's a very cool thing to say because I did look at your LinkedIn right the right before we started our call today, <laughs> and uh, if ever if uh, obviously I will share the links to your profiles, but if if people will go and check your LinkedIn, they will see that you have a coder dash failed entrepreneur uh, experience <laughs> added to your uh, LinkedIn timeline where you said that yeah. you have worked and started to code trying to build different projects that didn't really materialize in any specific company. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, I think those were really, really important, right? Each time I think I, each failed project, I would think about like, why did it fail? Um, And also what did I learn from it? Right. And I noticed each time I had this idea for a project and I started on it, I realized that it just wasn't the right project for me. There were ideas that I had that were really good ideas. Like those are businesses now, but but going through the process of starting the company, like I realized this isn't working out because I don't really have passion for this, mm. right? I'm just doing this because I, I have a feeling it can make a lot of money, but mm. it didn't go beyond that. There wasn't 
Like I, I never developed like a love for whoever my customer is. And, and that was one of the things that I was reading about, like, oh, you need to love your customer. Right. And I was like, I don't really care too much about, about this. I just want to make money. And so those, those ideas just didn't work out because there wasn't enough passion there. Mm, yeah. And also that the fact that you tried in order to, like you said, build up your confidence, um, it just shows that it comes in time. As far as your, at least your story, it's, it's, it's concerned. And I feel like for many people, confidence really just doesn't happen overnight if you're not, um, if you're not necessarily sure of things when you're very young. I wanted to ask on that note, what do you think confidence is? What does it mean for you? Ooh, confidence is, I think, the belief in yourself that, that you deserve something, that you would be able to do something. I think it's that, 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 yeah, the belief that you can do something. Um, I would say that it, it definitely is not uh, something that comes naturally to most people. And I think, especially for me, I identified where I, had built up my confidence like throughout my life. Um, I have to say a lot of credit goes to my mother for instilling this like kind of different way of looking at things when I was, when I was a kid, my mom was a teacher and she, you know, she used to say, there's the stereotype of the Asian mom saying like, Oh, look at your cousin. She's so much better. Right. My mom was more like, you and this other person who's doing better than you at life, right? Like another kid doing better in school, et cetera. She would always say like, look, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I understand, you know, growth and et cetera. And she was like, you and her, there's no difference. She is not just like inherently smarter than you. Like her, she's not like so much so that like, that's the reason for, for her success. She's just tries harder. And I think that understanding of like, oh yeah, okay. There's actually not too much of a difference between me and this other person. I just need to try harder. I think that really sort of changed the way that I looked at myself. And so I, as I kind of like made it through life, you know, in the times where I failed it, I didn't blame it on me not being smart enough or me not being whatever enough. It was usually like, well, I watched TV, <laughs> you know, like I watched TV instead of studying the night before. And that's why I got 95% on this test and not a hundred percent. Right. Uh, so it was like that kind of mindset. And it really, I think, followed me through schooling and stuff. And, you know, even in college when I, um, in college, I, I chose just the absolute worst major for myself. It was economics. I chose economics because I, 18-year-old me was like, I'm going to go into finance. Um, and when I studied economics, I was not doing well in my college major. Like I was very much in the middle of my class. And even then, I think 
the way that I was thinking about stuff, I mean, you could say that it's a bit of an excuse, but I was always saying like, look, it's not that I'm stupid and I'm doing badly. It's just because I just don't have any interest in this. Like my, my brain just refuses to learn this stuff. And so I think that's always sort of stayed with me of like, I did badly there, not because I was stupid, but just because I was uninterested or I just didn't prepare enough. And so I think that kind of kept me from feeling things like imposter syndrome, which are, I think is a really common, um, you know, situation that people find themselves in. Um, but it sort of helped me avoid that in, in a sense. That's yeah. very, very interesting. And it's also a great uh, story about how you grew up with someone who from a very young age instilled into you the fact that it's not something that you do wrong. It's just the fact that maybe you need to work harder and it, you can also have the same results. And I feel that sometimes we destroy our confidence from a young age by comparing ourselves to others and not comparing our environments and our opportunities where we start from. And I remember there's this like super inspirational, I mean, people can uh, Google it. I don't know how it's called, but it's this uh, field where a coach um, has probably 30 people in the line and they need to run. And then before they run, the coach starts saying, please take a step forward if both of your parents are still together. Please take a step forward if both of your parents have a job. Please take a step forward if both of your parents uh, are part of your life nowadays and spend time with you in the weekends. And other things about, you know, the social economic aspect, uh, if you have siblings, if they're alive, like it can go very, very deep. And mm -hmm. then they ask people to look around and say, look around you and see who is still at the finish line. There are many people who don't have opportunities and yet some of them will reach the same level as you. So never underestimate people. Don't compare uh, the fact that maybe you have more opportunities with the fact that you will be successful because it's, uh, things can change very dramatically. And I mm -hmm. feel that was very empowering because it just shows that it doesn't matter necessarily your background. If you really want to do something, you should just go for it. And I wanted to ask you on that note, what do you think destroys confidence of people that actually do have a lot of opportunities and you know, like you said, they're not stupid. It's just that maybe they work less and then out of a sudden they compare themselves with others that have more success. Yeah, uh, I think that's a really difficult question because it really depends on each individual. Um, for me, I, I love competition. If I'm told that I'm doing badly or whatnot, I think I am the type to really want to try to prove prove someone wrong. Um, but other people are not that way, right? They, um, if you uh, try to make things more competitive to push them forward, that actually is detrimental to them. So I think it it really varies depending on the individual, and that's what makes confidence such an elusive thing, right? What works for one person is not going to work for another. Mm. And uh, about men and women confidence level uh, on this note about, you know, obviously we're all, di all different, but do you see a difference between how women and men see them their themselves or how they talk about themselves and about their um, chances of succeeding or building a company or fa passing a test or otherwise failing it? Yeah, a huge. And I think there's all kinds of studies that have been done on this. Um, 
but yeah, there's major differences between how men perceive themselves versus women. Um, and I think it's just because of the way that we are conditioned growing up, right. To, um, not be aggressive or to not be direct to really want to like please people um but yeah uh, you know all kinds of studies uh everything from you know the uh the students who raise their hands in class right like women are less likely to raise their hands even though they have the right answer whereas men will raise their hand and like you know this, many of them do not even have the right answer um, also asking for raises, applying to jobs, um, you know, because of Code Chrysalis, we help people change their careers. So a lot of what I do is helping people find jobs and for, um, job descriptions. I think men will read a job description and think like, well, I only fit maybe like 50% of this, that's pretty good. I'm going to apply, right? Whereas women will think, oh my gosh, I only fit 50% of this. I'm not going to apply, right? So there is quite a bit of a difference there. And and so I think with regards to women, I mean, I think at Code Christmas, we're always trying to like, just, you know, set aside that, that fear or like that, that, um, the negativity and focus just on the positive because the other men in that same class are definitely doing it. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Many differences. A very good point with the applying for jobs. And since I talk a lot about career development and, you know, getting the right opportunity, starting your own company, um, co-founding a team, I feel like in many ways, women um, doubt more, the probability of their success versus men. And I mm. wonder what, what is the reason that we, we put so many barriers in our own setup? Why isn't it easy to just try it out and see what happens? Like, have you noticed also with the students of Code Chrysalis or maybe in your career, uh, throughout your career, have you noticed any patterns of what women tell themselves like what what becomes just the truth in their eyes versus what men think about uh, starting a company being a founder or co-founder yeah i mean i uh, generally i think uh women tend to focus on kind of like what they're lacking um, but also, very understandably, society punishes women more for making mistakes, right? And so we are just so much more conditioned to view mistakes with just like a heavier, a heavier gaze than I think men, right? Um, and there are so many examples of this, right? Where it's like, you have a boy and a girl, boy makes one mistake, they're like, oh, he's just being a boy, the girl makes the same mistake and she's reprimanded a little bit more harshly, right? This happens a lot. Um, and so I think that that experience and just these microaggressions, they really follow us throughout our lives and um, we carry them into adulthood and it affects the decisions that we make, the jobs that we get. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I see that. Um, and to summarize, I think, you know, I think your other question was like, what are women saying to, to themselves? I think it's just doubting whether they would be able to do something, um, doubting whether they would be able to 
like with the case of, I think, Coach Chris's graduates, I think it's doubting that they would be able to rise to the occasion. Mm. And when you started a company, what did you tell yourself? I actually told myself that I could absolutely do this. So I had full confidence that I was going to be able to do something, get close to it. Um, and I think so some of that stems from actually the first boot camp that I that I started. Um, the CEO of that, I that was like kind of my first, maybe not my first, but my closest sort of um, experience with like, the mediocre white male, right? Who's like all talk and nothing else, like no experience, no skills, no nothing. And I sort of realized like, wow, I have all of these other traits that he absolutely does not have. And I can talk, like I can go stand in front of a stage and like, you know, and pitch, et cetera. So I can do all of these things. And on top of that, like, you know, I, he's, he can't do any of this. And yet he's drawing so much attention. He's getting so much support, et cetera. And so I just, that, that honestly gave me a ton of confidence to see how mediocre he was and how successful he was. And then realizing once I got into that space that there were a lot of people like that. And so that gave me full confidence in myself because I'm like, I'm not, I, I know a lot more than these people. I can do a lot more than these people. And so there shouldn't be anything that is holding me back. Um, that was probably the first, yeah, like the first time where I'm like, damn, like, because I was seeing, you know, other women kicking ass and then meeting their bosses and being like, oh, she's the reason why you're successful. Like, you know, so I can't name names. I wish I could. <laughs> no need for that. It's a very interesting point with um, looking at the world a bit more um, realistic in a way of what is it exactly that this other person is doing to ensure success or to ensure whatever situation they have now in life. Let's say you want to have a similar job position, a managerial position. What is it that this person uh, is doing to have this situation? Um, how are they interacting with their peers? What is the relationship with the executives? Like if you think about like career development, you can just look at people and kind of understand what is it that they're doing to be in this position and then understand for yourself what is it that you want to do and how are you different and how you also have those skills, but maybe you've never uh, proposed to host the meeting and the presentation because you said, well, nobody will say yes to me, but I never really tried, mm -hmm. but maybe, you know, and all of those interesting points of like, connecting the dots for yourself and being like, you know what, I could probably do this. And if I fail, well, at least I tried. And mm. I think that linked to that, I do want to ask you your recommendation for people who they don't go for what they want because they are afraid to fail. And they say, I could never do that successfully. Is there a right or wrong way of looking at this and, you know, building confidence? Yeah, I... I have a right or wrong way. I don't know if other people would agree. It might be a controversial opinion, but I think regardless of how someone feels like they might do, I think they should always go for it. Because if you don't go for it, you just automatically fail. 
right? It's like you uh, you don't even try, you just automatically fail. You don't and even so, try, yeah. So you don't yeah, know what could have happened, yeah. Exactly. Like if you don't just, if you don't try, you never give success an opportunity to thrive, right? You never even give it like a potential, like little space to squeeze through if you don't try. And so I would always try and push people to try. And if you fail, then you fail. Like, okay, whatever. There'll be many, many opportunities to fail in your life. And this will be one of them. And that's okay. Um, But that's, that's always my opinion. Uh, Anything that you want. I think it's, I, I hate having what ifs, right? Like, oh man, what if I had done that? Like, I, I hate thinking about that. I would rather think like, oh, okay, I did it and it didn't work out. And that's okay. I found out. Yeah. It's uh, it's very empowering, you know, everything you're saying about just going for it and also being very aware of the fact that you could fail and that if you do, you will be fine. But I wonder, you know, how many people consider what would happen if I fail and then just make a list of just bad situations they can be in, you know, if I fail, Mm. maybe I won't have money for my mortgage. How much do I want to risk this? And I wonder how many people consider it like realistically, okay, if I'm that afraid, let's see what can happen that will really make me feel uncomfortable and like feel like I'm losing control of what's going on in my life. Have you Mm. done any sort of... uh, I don't know, um, realizations or any sort of, uh, yeah. Have you done a list with pros and cons of starting a, a company? Oh, not, I've never really like sat down and listed stuff. I am not, I am not a, I prep, but I don't prep that much. Like if it's a scary situation, if I'm choosing between an easy path and a path that scares me, I'm more of like a, I'm not going to look and just like step off type of woman. Um, But I, um, when I was thinking of quitting my finance job, I definitely thought about what would happen if I stayed and what would have happened, what would happen if I left. And so that was you know, where these ideas of like, well, if I don't, if I stay in my job and I don't quit and try to do something else, then these, uh, these dreams that I have in my head, like they're, they're just going to always stay there. Right. Whereas if I quit, like, yes, it is scary. I am losing a stable income, like all of these, you know, lovely things that come with having a stable income. Um, But like maybe I have a shot of making one of these things on my dream list come true, right? Maybe I have a shot. Um, so that's what I focused on. And another also good thought process was um, I, I remember a friend of mine had asked, do you want to be your boss? Right? Like if you don't like your job, does the person above you, is their job at least interesting? Because if it is, if you're like, oh man, I really want to be my boss. I think she's awesome. And her life is super exciting. And the work that she does is great. Then it might make sense for you to stay at this job, slug through it, and then try to get a promotion to doing whatever he or she is doing. Right. So yeah, I think I was thinking about these two things. Mm. That's, that's also very good to, to share with us because Obviously, no matter who listens now, 
your career path will always look different. Like it will not look the same as Jan's or like mine, like all of the other guests that we discussed with, but you always have an option to consider what could be if I don't fear what uh, the results will be, what could be if I am confident to ask for it, for the risk, for the promotion, for changing departments, for, uh, you know, asking for help from your current company to take maybe a few, a sabbatical, a few months off to try out something. There are companies who offer that and who say, okay, yeah, well, if you want to try things out, we will we, we will let you get back here. Like it, it is a possibility in some companies. So asking, asking, it's just so, 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 so important. Um, it's a very empowering story. And thank you so much for taking the time. I do want to ask you um, as a sum, a sum up question, how did you decide on the transition? Um, did you, for example, have a, a thought of like, I want to be my own boss or I want to build something here uh, as a community? What, what made you decide to leave the field? Because a a lot of people who work in finance or other fields and they don't really like it they stay mm. yeah so and that's uh, the interesting it, part yeah well it, exactly what I was saying before right I just was not interested in what I was doing at all um I was interested in in I wouldn't say I was completely disinterested right because I wouldn't have gone down that path if I just absolutely had no interest. But I didn't like the company that I was working at. I didn't like the people. I didn't like my job. Um, I liked reading about what was going on. I, I was in commodities. I liked reading about what was going on in the news and understanding how all of that sort of fit together. But in terms of actually working there, it's like, I, I hate it. Um, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to be my own boss. Uh, I wanted to be able to make my own rules and um, be able to point to something and say like, oh, I built that. I did that. Um, and so I kind of had this, I don't know, I sort of like had this feeling like I am better than this, <laughs> you know, like I am better than my current job as, I don't know, arrogant as that might sound. Um, and so I, one day I just, I just quit. I just had enough. I, I love the fact that you, you mentioned, you know, the, the last point with, I knew I am better than this and I can do better than this job, because that means you really trusted your instinct and you understood your worth. And you were like, well, I can actually build something myself that would be of good quality, helping society, you know, being my own boss, being able to manage it. And again, this is an important realization to have and just try it out and see like, maybe, you know, yeah. I follow my instinct and I'm like, whoa, I'm actually a great manager. I can be a great leader of teams. <laughs> uh, I don't know about being a good manager, but um, <laughs> what I, you know, I think one of the, one of the big like discomforts that I had working in finance was I knew that I was doing really badly. Like I knew I was like not a good employee. I wasn't interested in stuff. I like was really sort of like lost all the time. I was falling asleep in meetings. Like, you know, I was bad. And, you know, I was seeing myself, like I felt like, you know, this out of body, you know, seeing myself and being like, man, like I am really tanking my reputation, mm. right? Like I, this is not a reflection of what I can do. And not only is it not a good reflection of what I can do, the real me and like my abilities just don't even care to come out. 
right? Like they don't even care to show themselves. Like there's nothing in this job that motivates me to like, want to like just go the extra mile. And so I just kept thinking like, if I stay here, I mean, people are just going to have a worse and worse and worse opinion of me. And that's going to make me feel terrible because I don't want to be bad at a job. Right. Um, So that was sort of, that was another like big thing that weighed on me that really made me switch. I mean, very important reflection to also like a bit reflect on your environment um, and how other people perceive you because you actually are not really that interested in what you're doing. And yeah, it's a, actually, it's a very good point because um, you, you talked throughout the interview about the importance of trying it out, but also removing yourself from an environment where you know is not really helping you and you're not really helping the the other people either and mm-hmm. this is maybe the wiser wise decision you know to to get out of there so thank you very much for for all of that advice um as i've mentioned we we will uh, we will cover this topic you know from an angle that would hopefully really help listeners so go for it try it out don't be afraid uh, don't think too much about what could happen and just start going in that direction. Those are some of the key messages from Jan. Thank you so much for today. Before we go, though, I do want to introduce the final five fire questions. So for everybody listening, these are five questions that Jan will answer very fast to the point. So she would uh, leave this interview with a couple of uh, recommendations for you. So the first fire question is, what is one book you think everyone should read? Two books. I'm sorry. One is Invisible Women and two is In the Flow. Thank you. I will uh, link everything that Yanis is uh, sharing here in the description of the episode. So you will be able to find those books. Best piece of advice you have ever received. Oh my gosh. Uh, probably. Yeah. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Best Thank piece you. Of advice. Who is your role model? I don't have a particular role model. I think I appreciate different characteristics from different people and understanding that no one is perfect. Um, Yeah. Thank you. If you were to have another career, what would you choose to do? Ooh, newscaster or like TV, like anchor. Very interesting. I'm really good at reading a teleprompter. (laughs) That's a skill that needs to be put to use one day, I'm sure. (laughs) And the last question, if you could change places with someone, who would it be and why? Mm. Um, Oh, man. I mean, the first person I thought of was like Beyonce, because why not? Or like J-Lo, because who who knows? Uh, But I think the person with like a really exciting life is... Um, Elaine Welteroth, do you know who she is? No, she's like an American. Um, well, I guess now she's a celebrity, but she's had so many different careers. She was the youngest editor in chief of Teen Vogue for a while, and now she's a talk show host. She has a best selling book. Um, she's done just tons of stuff, and she has so many different projects going on. I think it'd be fascinating to just like swap places with her and, and see what see all the things 
Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jan. Thank you for today. Thanks for the time, for the advice. And everyone, follow Jan on all social media. I will link all the links. I think it's very important to keep connected with role models that really show that things can happen and they are happening as we speak. So best of luck, Jan, with all of your projects. Uh, I know you are um, spreading the word about new roles in the team. I know that you have exciting projects coming up. So best of luck with that. And thank you for joining Family today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun chatting. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Fem Lead Podcast. Share the news with your friends and follow us on social media at Fem Lead Podcast everywhere.